Hey everybody, welcome to the Millennium Grinders. I am super excited for today's episode. I talked to Jenna Patty. She's a 24 years old illustrator from Canada who launched her business a month ago during the pandemic. Yes, during the pandemic. I wanted to talk to her because I wanted to find out what led her to make that move. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Peter, content marketing specialist, journalist, and founder of The Grind. So The Grind is a platform dedicated to millennial creatives and coaches. If you want to understand how to build a successful business, make sure you subscribe. Every week, I will interview millennial creatives and coaches, and I will give you marketing tips. So welcome to the family. Hi, Gina. Thank you for being on the Millennial Grinders. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So uh, first of all, um, to just start slowly, I wanted you to introduce yourself. For sure, yeah. Um, so hi, uh, my name is Jenna Patty, and I am an illustrator from Ontario, Canada. Great. So uh, tell me something, at what, time, at what point in your life did you know that you wanted to be an illustrator? Um, I think I knew pretty early on. Uh, I've always really been drawn to art and creativity ever since I was tiny. And um, my ideas of what I wanted to be when I grew up would kind of jump from like artist to actor or costume or fashion designer to like even an inventor or an author. So I've always known that it would be in the creative field and um, that my profession would involve making things one day. Um, But I don't think it was actually until high school when a few of my teachers brought up the idea of illustration to me that um, something clicked. And these were teachers like my art teacher or my drama teacher who kind of saw the way that I worked and I guess saw the way that my brain worked and thought that it might be a good option for me. Because, of course, in that time in high school, that's when you're talking about like university choices and career paths. So um Yeah, it, I think it was really then that something clicked and kind of around that time, Instagram was just starting to become this big app that everyone was downloading and it gave me access to see the work of other illustrators who really, really hugely inspired me and kind of sparked that dream. Um, and that's kind of the dream that I've been chasing ever since. <laughs> so so tell me something, you, you mentioning that um, it was at that time that you would spend time on Instagram. Uh, to see what other illustrators were doing. So does it mean that it was when you were in high school that you started posting your illustration on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. So I think part of that, like, <laughs> I was kind of by nature a more shy kid. And so when my classmates were posting, like, all of their selfies and things like that, I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I can post that many selfies, but I'll post my drawing, you know? So Um, yeah, seeing the illustrators on Instagram that were kind of um, picking up traction with that and posting their art, I was like, oh, maybe I should do that too. And like, maybe I should post my art on the internet, even just for family members and things like that, so that they could see what I was working on was kind of how it all started. So what was uh, your intention at that time? Because you were pretty young. Uh, so I'm wondering if at that time, you already had an idea okay, maybe one day, you know, um, I'm going to become an illustrator? Or was it a way for you to just test it and share uh, what you were creating? Yeah, honestly, I think it really just started as a way for me to share 
what I was creating. Um, this <laughs> this probably sounds like really cheesy, but you've heard of like the different types of love languages that people have, right? Like words of affirmation and mm-hmm. like gifts and things like that. Um, so I think like one of my big love languages is words of affirmation, <laughs> which um, might sound like a more shallow one, but in class and things like that, if people saw me drawing, they'd be like, oh, I really like your drawing. And that would make me feel really good. And so I started posting my art, even just so my family could see it and like kind of my classmates and things like that, because I was like, oh, well, people seem to enjoy this. So maybe I'll share it with them. But I don't think it like it didn't start as um, maybe I can make this as like an Instagram path for my illustration. You know, it was very much like I'm just gonna post this up here so people can see it, you know. And um, okay, so you finished high school. So what measure from there did you take to become an illustrator? Uh, so I went to university. And again, I kind of always knew that art would be my path more or less. And so um, I went to the University of Guelph for the studio art program. Um, and yeah, I studied there for studio art. Um, and it was kind of a more conceptual Based program. So in terms of uh, technical skills, I do consider myself mostly self-taught just because I would do my illustration on my own time. But Mm -hmm. um, my program was really amazing because it did expose me to kind of other avenues. So um, traditional printmaking, for example, I I got to test that out and um, painting with like the big fancy oil paints and large canvases or, um, you know, kind of more of an understanding of conceptual art I got from my studies there. So I guess that at that time also you got exposed to other people who wanted to become illustrators or graphic designers. Yeah, yeah. So um, again, my program, because of it, it was in university as opposed to college, I think there was really kind of a more academic strain on the art focus. So a lot of my classmates were going to school and they wanted to be museum curators or um, like art gallery gallery curators or um, a lot of them would be doing like a double major in psychology or something like that. So it was definitely more kind of um, the thought process that went alongside of things. And so illustration, what I was doing that my classmates and my professors saw, a lot of them were like, oh, it's just commercial art, like it doesn't matter. And so it was kind of frowned upon in a sense in my program and I was like okay well I'm still gonna do it on the side because that's what makes me happy you know so my work that I was making in school and my work that I was making on my own time were quite different I mean it's it's amazing that you stayed connected to what you like uh, because I feel like when we go to the university uh, we're always caught up you know with this idea of what we should be instead of what we really want to do, right? Um, And for me, it's very interesting what you're saying because even though you had this pressure, you know, like other people were, you know, like heading towards other avenues, you still stay grinded, you know, like you still did what you wanted to do even though it was on your, you know, on your own time, let's say that way. Um, So I'm curious to know, when you graduated from the university, what did you do next? Uh, so when I graduated from university, I spent a couple of months just traveling after that. And um, after those few months, I was like, oh, shoot, like, 
I need to make money. I need a job because um, I was left a little bit broke and not much in my bank account. And uh, so I looked for a job just locally in, in the city that I was living in. And I was able to find a position as a graphic designer for um, a small boutique uh, here in Guelph. And that position was really amazing because it still allowed me to flex my creative muscles, but also learn a little bit more about um, the business side of things. And so I designed um, like clothing and t-shirts and home goods. And they also had like uh, custom jewelry engraving. And so I would design um, a lot of things for that and then also run their social media. So I worked full time as their graphic designer and social social media person there. Um, and that was really great. And then after a year there, I moved on to another job at a bridal boutique and I was doing similar work for them with, um, like graphic design and content creation. Oh, wow. That's amazing because you, you got this opportunity to try out different things. Um, and actually, you know, I know that for illustrators, there are actually many things that, you know, an illustrator can do, whether it be about selling, you know, like your prints, like working for media companies, creating clothes and so forth. So how did you know exactly what will work for you? Uh, I think I'm still figuring out what works for me, to be honest. Um, it's kind of like a ever evolving process, but working those two different jobs was really helpful because, um, it kind of got me to flex my creative muscles and see the more business side of things. Um, but I think like working that first job as the graphic designer, um, I kind of had a big moment of realization where uh, people would come into the shop and they would see um, my designs on these clothing pieces or um, this merchandise. And they'd be like, wow, this is so amazing. Like, I really love this. But nobody would know that I had created it. <laughs> and so... I think as artists, oftentimes um, we kind of have like innate pride, um, which can be a good thing and it can also be a bad thing. But that really kind of made me realize that I wanted um, to be the one that was receiving credit for my own work as opposed to it being under like a company name. So that's why um, like freelance illustration and working for myself was really what I wanted to do, because I think a lot of it was driven by that desire for um, like recognition for the things that I had made as opposed to working under a bigger company. Mm -hmm. I hear you. So, um, you know, the first time I found out about you, you know, it was on Instagram, of course. And when I DM'd you, I was really surprised to find out that you've been a full-time illustrator for only a month. And, you know, I, I want to talk about that. And the first thing I want to know is what was the turning point? You know, when did you tell yourself, okay, I can do this full-time? Yeah, honestly, I think there were kind of a number of factors into it. I mean, full-time was always the big goal for me. And that was what I was looking into doing. Because again, even kind of like back in university and things like that, I would see these other artists on the internet and they had made it happen for themselves. And so I was like, well, why can't I do that? Like that could be possible if they've done it, then why couldn't I? Um but I think really the turning point about a month ago or two months ago, I was working on my like second full-time job at that bridal boutique. And I kind of just had a moment of realization where it was like, okay, if I want to be paid fairly for the work that I'm doing and for my experience that I've got, and I want to be working 
on projects that I'm really passionate about, then I just have to take it um, on my own terms and I have to have my own business with it, you know, and um, take illustration freelance and do everything um, on my own terms because a lot of the time businesses at the end of the day, they'll be there for themselves, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But um, I wanted my business to also be working for myself, you know, so. When you were working, were you still doing it, you know, uh, I mean, growing your business as a side hustle? Or was it like just a month ago, you just jumped, even though you didn't really have um, any, you know, contract lined up or you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, so illustration was always kind of on the back burner. Um, and, you know, I was full-time in university and then I jumped to my first full-time job and then I jumped to my second full-time job. And so I was always trying to kind of um, do it as a side hustle here and there. But because I was working creative jobs, um, both of the times, a lot of your energy gets drained. And yeah. so um, I didn't have as much energy or time to be able to devote to my illustration as I wanted. Um, and so I was still trying to work on it here and there, but I felt like I couldn't give my all to it, you know? So um, it was always kind of there and always kind of on the back burner, but now I feel like I can move it to the front and really dedicate what I need to it. Okay. So when you jumped, you really jumped. Yeah. So, I mean, I did have a few people who would be messaging me asking, Um, if I would be taking commissions and I had closed my commissions for a while just because it got too busy with my other job. Um, and so I had a little bit of an inkling just like, okay, it seems like there's some interest here, but yeah, honestly, I had no idea that I would be able to sustain myself as I have. And I was like, okay, like a month into taking this full time, it'll probably be quite slow and I probably won't, um, be making much money from it and I probably like won't be able to support myself as hopefully I will be in the future but I'm just going to do it anyway because I feel like I just need to try you know and see what happens um and that terrified me and it was really really scary but I th I've heard this echoed by other people and I think even for what I've learned in my life so far the things that scare me the most are always the most worthwhile in the end. Um, and so I took that jump and I took that leap and it's already, even though it's only been a month, it's already been one of the best choices I could have made. Oh, wow. Well, actually, tell me a bit about that. What have you learned uh, for the past month? Um, I think really like consistency is key is one of the big things that I've learned. Um, and also a lot of it can be self-pressure that, you know, I put on myself and self-doubt and especially in the world of social media, there's so much comparison that we put ourselves on and, you know, struggles with the Instagram algorithm and all of that. And so I think turning it into a numbers game can be a really toxic thing that you can do to yourself. Um, and so I'm trying to focus on the work that I'm making and things that genuinely bring me joy and trying to focus more on that avenue of things um and what work can I do today that will bring me a little bit of joy that might be able to turn into something tomorrow you know um so those are just kind of a few of the things that I've learned in the first month but also um trying to stay on top of things and trying to stay consistent with my work is I think 
one of the big things. And actually, uh, I'd be curious to know your thoughts about Instagram because, um, you know, I work with a lot of creatives mm -hmm. and I always tell them to be on Instagram because Instagram is, is a visual platform. Mm -hmm. And as you just said, uh, sometimes you get caught into the numbers, right? Right. And I often tell them that I feel like for creatives, it's more about making connections, you know, mm -hmm. um, building a community, because ultimately, uh, you know, like if I hired you, you know, as someone who's not a creative, just seeing, you know, the, the result, like what you do is going to be enough for me. I don't, I don't care how many followers you have. Uh, but I do feel like for creative, Instagram is useful into, in terms of building a community, you know, of, of other creatives. And I wanted to know your thoughts about that. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the most valuable aspects of Instagram. And I think if you go into it, looking at it as um, a platform where you can build a really amazing potential community, that's where you're going to thrive the most. Um, because, I mean, I know you even just commented on my recent post, but people connect with people. And I definitely think that's so true. Um, and building those communities and those connections is so enriching and so valuable and it's going to provide you a lot more joy making those like genuine connections with people than seeing like followers grow you know because the numbers game doesn't actually add to any sort of happiness it might for a few minutes and then it's fleeting um but I think as creatives you're absolutely right you know like showing Your art online is kind of a portfolio where people can see what you're capable of, but building that community can make it so much more enriching. And that's where you can learn and grow from other people. You can add value um, to groups of people, but also learn so much more for yourself where you can grow as a creative in a business. So which platform do you consider mandatory uh, for a creative? So you have a website. You have uh, Instagram and also you use society, but society is to learn, to, to sell your prints. But between a website and Instagram, which one do you consider more important? Yeah, so I like I don't know if I would consider either of them mandatory. I think um, you just need to find whatever works best for you. Um, some people will be more inclined to certain platforms than others. There have been illustrators that Um, even before like Instagram or the internet was around, there were people who were illustrators that were really successful in their craft. But, you know, Instagram and websites and social media are really, really amazing tools. And I think if we have the power to utilize them, then, you know, why not? Um, I think for artists, Instagram is a great place because it's such a visual platform. Um, and there's so much to that um, and so much possibility to that. And, you know, as we were just talking about, Um, the potential to build that community, which I think can be really, really valuable. Um, I know some people who are turning to TikTok to show their art and they're finding mm -hmm. that as like a really amazing platform. And there's obviously like a lot of really great growth potential there. Um, I think websites can be a really great place if you're wanting to uh, show your work in a more professional manner, because that's where people will look if they're wanting to hire you for something, you know, if you've got a contact page and information there, um, that's kind of where you can have all of your most professional and like the best information laid out in an easy space. Um, 
I do think it can be important not to put all of your eggs in one basket and to kind of expand among a variety of platforms. Cause I think in general, that'll just help you out, you know, because if people find you on a certain platform, then they can be led to others. So um, I don't know if there's any one that's mandatory, but I think for me personally, Instagram has definitely been the most helpful and that's where probably um, the largest amount of my clients come from. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. So actually, how much time do you spend on, on Instagram? Uh, so I actually checked with my screen time thing on my phone and it says about an hour a day, which is a lot. And I'm trying to cut down on my screen time, but that's where it's at right now. I mean, you know, like every time um, I talk to people here, uh, we all always talk about that, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, the, the amount of time we spend on social media. And I feel that it really depends on your goals, right? From right. what I'm hearing in your situation, most of your clients, you get them from Instagram. Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm thinking it kind of makes sense that you're spending an hour a day, even though I agree with you, you know, like it's it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if it works for you. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. totally. And I mean, I kind of have to rationalize it as well because, you know, before social media, people would complain about spending too much time watching TV. And before TV, people would complain about spending too much time like reading books, you know? So it's always something that we can spend a lot of time on. But um, yeah, and I definitely think like it can be helpful. And the time that I spend on there is where I get a lot of my inspiration or where I connect with a lot of people or it is kind of um, like an aspect of my business that I use, so... So um, tell me something. So you sell your prints, you know, on society, but you also offer your services to brands. Right now, which part of your business is the most profitable? Is it selling prints or working with brands? Uh, So right now, I'd say like my commissions and my private projects are the bulk of my income. Um, So that's like brand content and logo creation and illustrations for private clients. Um, but I definitely want to aim towards cultivating better illustrations and content that I can sell on my Society6 um, as it's like a really, really amazing way to make passive income because basically the way it operates is um, you upload your digital files of your art and this company will print them and do quality control checks and package them and ship them. And so um, I want to kind of cultivate better prints that I can sell on there but I feel like I'm not quite there yet but that's one of my big goals okay okay makes sense I mean passive income is really something uh, that guarantees that you will always have money so it makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. um so actually do you know how to actually stand out you know on this type of platforms because I know a lot of creatives are, are using society um so is there a technique um I think reminding people that you're there is one of the big things for any social media platform. And when it comes to society six, um, I'll always notice like my sales on the platform will spike a little bit when I post it better on Instagram. And so I think the more, if you look at it as marketing and um, kind of a way of promoting yourself and your products, I think that can be really helpful because um Mainly, it's just reminding people that you're there because there's so much information on the internet and so many posts and content that comes out every single second um, that if you're not consistent, then people will forget. And so 
I think it really does come down to being like, hey, here's this cool thing that I made. Like, you might enjoy it, you know? Um, so I wanted to talk about something else. You know, um, I, I keep on saying that you, you launched your business a month ago. Mm -hmm. But I know that sometimes I have this conversation with creatives. And when I tell them that they are entrepreneurs, they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to know, like, do you consider yourself as an illustrator, entrepreneur, or just an illustrator? <laughs> I... I think I really want to be able to consider myself an illustrator entrepreneur. And I don't know whether it's just like the imposter syndrome or the self-doubt that sets in, but I feel like I can't apply that title to myself quite yet. But like, I don't, what point are you able to consider yourself that, right? Like, I think it's definitely one of my big goals and I want to be able to look at my business and be able to look at my illustrations and be like, yes, I'm an entrepreneur I'm a businesswoman like this is what I'm doing um but yeah I feel like it's the self-doubt where I can't I can't consider myself that quite yet it's very interesting to me because um I know a lot of freelancers who call mm -hmm. themselves freelancers mm -hmm. and they never use the title entrepreneur and um in my head when you're running something by yourself, it's a business. Right, yeah. And I always, you know, I'm always fascinated, you know, by like, like you say, you know, like people have this imposter syndrome and I don't know where it's coming from because if you're doing it by yourself and you have to take care about everything, you're pretty much an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And it's so funny as well because there have been people that I have observed who are, um, who refer to themselves as creative entrepreneurs and, I think, honestly, it just comes down to the confidence of being able to say it because it's like, I'll look at them and I'll be like, I'm pretty much doing the same kinds of things that <laughs> they're doing. And yet I feel like I can't refer to myself as that, but why? So maybe I just need to start using the terms and, <laughs> you know, I'll, you get, I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, speaking of um, about uh, running a business, I feel like, you know, when you run a business, there are so many different part of it right mm -hmm. so you have to create the content you have to market yourself market your business um and you have to think about the administration part of mm -hmm. your business right um so it's a lot of things and i wanted to know how do you stay motivated to create one of the big things that i'm noticing even just over this past month um when it's working for myself and putting my work out there that represents me as like my own person that's a huge motivating factor because it's like okay I want to represent myself well um and I want to succeed at something because right now this is all I've got and this is my own business and my own undertaking so I want it to do well um I think part of that plays in also to kind of a fear of failure which sounds sad but you know, you jump and you don't want to fall. And obviously, I think failure can be a huge teacher and all of that. But for me, I think a lot of it is a desire to prove myself, both to others, but also really to myself. Because growing up, you know, when I told people, yeah, one day, like, I want to be an artist, or one day, I want to be an illustrator, I would frequently be met with jokes about like, oh, so like a starving artist or like, how are, how are you going to make money off of that? And um, just thinking about those comments, it just makes me feel like, well, watch me, you know? <laughs> and so I think that's a big motivating factor, but also just 
proving to myself that, yes, like I can make this happen because seeing people that inspire me who have done it, um, I just think to myself all the time, like, if they've done it, why can't I? Exactly. Um, And I think just like really the biggest thing is when people have the courage to try. That's like the first step that um, can really be like the biggest accomplishment right in in kind of the process so in terms of like staying motivated there's all of that but I think also it's because I genuinely love what I do and I love creating things I love art that's always how I would spend my free time um growing up and it's still how I spend a lot of my free time now just because it's something that I enjoy and it's something that I'm so passionate about and so I think if you find something that you're really truly passionate about and that you're in love with and kind of sets your soul on fire, then that will be your biggest motivation throughout anything. Wow. And actually, you know, like you've been saying that you've been drawing your entire life. Um, And I feel like sometimes when you turn a passion into a business, um, you can lack, you know, of inspirations, you know, just because you have to create and create and create. And so I was wondering how, do you find new inspirations to keep on creating? Yeah, so I I do think it's really important. And especially I found um, if I feel like I'm in a little bit of a rut because I've been doing uh, too much client work, let's say, where it's you're creating for other people's ideas and not for your own, I can find it really refreshing to take a break and make like a personal art piece. Um, And something that is like just for me and just creating for the sake of it because I love it um, and not thinking about like, oh, I need to post this for Instagram or, oh, I need to do this for a client. Um, And even if it's just like a quick little sketchbook drawing or something small, that can be really refreshing because it brings kind of that passion and that spark back um, where you fall in love with it all over again. And then it gives you that new fuel where you can continue on with those client projects and look at it with fresh eyes and be like, okay, yes, like I have, I have new ideas for this and I have um, kind of the energy again, where I can look back at this and work on it with everything that I've got. Mm-hmm. I love that. And actually I wanted to ask you something um, that I forgot to ask you earlier, speaking about um, the fact that you launched your business about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the pandemic is still there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's scary enough to launch a business, you know, in a normal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering if when you did it, knowing the pandemic was there, uh, you know, what was your thought process? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I do think kind of the overarching passion for it was, um the main thing. I think with the pandemic, I'm in a really, really fortunate position where um, as I've kind of been building my illustration business here and there over the years, one of my main goals with it has always been, I want to be able to work from anywhere as long as I've got a laptop um, and like my drawing tablet. And I do a lot of my illustrations either with gouache paint or um, like digitally on my drawing tablet. And so I've been able to cultivate my business and genuinely make money from wherever I go as long as I have those items. So I'm really lucky in the sense that my art practice doesn't involve 
um, like a great big studio that I have to pay rent on or, um, you know, lots of supplies that I need to source and pay for. So in terms of upfront costs, there's not a whole lot there. Um, in terms of launching during a pandemic, I think during quarantine, I was temporarily laid off of my other full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were all on like the Canada um, CERB plan, which is like the mm-hmm. government gives you money while you're laid off. And during that, I was doing like a little bit of um, side projects just for fun for like some friends and people like that um, as client work. But I, even during quarantine, there were still people that were like willing to get those projects. And that kind of gave me the hope for it during the pandemic where it's like, okay, no, like there are still people that want this, even in an economically trying time, it still can work out. Yeah. So the thing that I find interesting is actually, um, you know, most of businesses had to turn their marketing efforts on the digital market. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes that for creatives, it's a huge opportunity, actually. Right. So, so I actually feel that's the right time to launch. You know, I really feel that way, uh, especially that, you know, I've been working in that world and I know how much, you know, um, social media marketing and everything that is digital is super important in a time like this, you know, it's, it's way more important because every, everybody is online. So that's why you have all those businesses that decide to change their logos and, you know, put more money on their social media and so forth. So I feel like it's, it's a good, it's a good time actually. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think it's really important for businesses to do that as well because the internet and social media isn't going away, you know, it's only constantly evolving. And so I think the earlier you can jump on that and the earlier you can learn and kind of plug into that, the better, because then you'll be able to grow as um, digital media grows. Exactly. Yeah. So I have one last question for you. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know if you had five piece of advice uh, to give to someone who's trying to make a career as an illustrator what would they be? <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, I think my first piece of advice would be primarily to make the kind of work that you really love making and that you feel energized creating. There are, you know, a lot of really amazing artists out there and they each bring something different to the table. Um, but your own unique style can too. And I think a lot of people, when they're working with illustration, they're looking at other artists and trying to replicate their style. But the world doesn't need copies of artists, you know? it's The beautiful thing about art is that everything can be different, but that's what makes it so good. You wouldn't want, you know, like a hundred Van Goghs in the world because that would be boring. You would want everything to be a little bit unique. And I think inherently each artist is able to create with your own unique style. And so I think that's firstly, the main thing is like feel comfortable in what you're making and like love it with all of your heart. Um, I think number two would be always be learning and ready to grow and adapt. Um, Especially as we just talked about with digital media and just with art in general and your practice, it's a constant process of learning and growing and evolving. And you're never going to be at a place where 
you're like, yes, this is it. I know everything. You know, it's a constant process. Um, for number three, in terms of the advice, I think I would say it's okay and it's very normal to have bad art days or days where you feel like nothing is working out. Um, and that's just part of being human. You know, you're not going to make a perfect piece all the time. Um, so I'd say take a break and walk away, drink some tea or coffee and come back to it later when you're feeling a little bit more refreshed or start on something new. And you don't have to constantly be making something. You can have space where you can take some time for your mental health and that will be really beneficial to you um, in the end. Uh, for number four, I would say kind of just piggybacking off of that, art block never lasts forever and you will get over any sort of like stress when it comes to your work and you will feel refreshed and um, you'll feel inspired again. Um, and for number five, I would say if you have a dream for your art or your illustration, don't doubt the possibility of it happening for yourself. Um, I think one of the things that motivates me most, again, is if other people have jumped and tried and accomplished great things, then, you know, why can't I? So I think just having the courage to try the things that scares you the most is like the first and most important step. And you have to be willing to do so. But that's like after that step is where the really great things come. Wow. Thank you so much for all uh, this advice. And thank you for being here, taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciated it. Um, so before closing, I'd like you to share where people can find you. For sure. Yeah. And thank you again so much for having me. It was really lovely to talk to you. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at Jenna Patty. That's J-E-N-N-A-P-A-D-D-E-Y. Um, or society6.com slash Jenna Patty for my prints. Um, and then also my website, which is just jpatty.com. Thank you. Have a great day. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure you subscribe and rate this podcast a five star. That way, I'll be able to do more interviews with inspiring millennials. Talk to you next week.